hello, Scotty. Oh, hello, Scotty. Ah, there we are. My recorder is now working because I am nope, a technical nope. genius. No, nope, no. Nope. First of all, there's only r- one room for one opera singer in this this group, and that's me. So, hello, Scotty. Oh, hello, Scotty. Oh, hello, Scotty. Oh, Scotty, my Scotty Scott. Did you put the battery in the recorder? And did you remember to press record? Oh my word! That was Scott. That was like that was like something from somewhere ancient. I should be calling you John of the House Fox, and and you know you're playing on your lute somewhere to bawdy drunken people because yeah, that definitely doesn't deserve to be anywhere modern. Gosh, Scotty, way to really you know pump up my 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 ego first thing in the morning. Uh, you could have been very successful back in ancient days as a bar singer of some form maybe <laughs> could you imagine that <laughs> like boulders hurled at me fuck fuck shut the fuck up what's the matter with you it's much too early in the evolution of man for us to have to put up with this shit <laughs> yes. why don't you come back in say several billion years <laughs> yes <laughs> when your cheap brand of toss away humor might find favor with one or two yeah. listeners a week <laughs> Oh, anyway, how are you, sir? Uh, you know, actually, uh, I'm better than the better than average for today. You know, for one thing, you were gracious enough to give me an extra two minutes to finish frothing the milk of my cappuccinos. I feel fortified. You 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 frothed yourself up. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, so we have froth. But, we we have frothers that get us ready for the show. Yes, well, to froth up the bubble, but you know what has not been frothed up recently? Netflix stock, but, you know, <laughs> the market in general is really tanked, but um, I'm not going to really talk about that, but uh, I will talk about some, some some good things that happened at work, if you'd like to hear. Yes, yes, tell us tell us these things that I'm sure had nothing to do with the crash of the stock. Uh, n- no. <laughs> well... <laughs> Was it my fault? <laughs> because we regularly do that. Like I do that all the time. When like if I have something that's successful, completely random, and the stock goes up, I take a screenshot of doing it. But I I missed an opportunity. I did grab some screenshots, but now I have to like time them to various people's code commits. <laughs> we should really have a, a GitHub, a Git hook for that, and a Slack bot so that every time somebody commits, it's like, oh look, you made the stock go down. That, that sounds like not a waste of time at all. Not at all. Um, Let's... Anyway, so um, I I hate this recorder with 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 no backlight. All right, so this is what happened. So uh, you know, before quiet period, there were uh, there were a, a, a couple of new people joined the team, and one of them joined, and I said, "How would you like to, you know, take these these components which I built, which dynamically resize themselves, and adapt this canvas, which is being productized, and make it properly, you know, respect the preferred content size." And he was very gracious, and and Fabio said, yes, I'd be willing to do that. And I said, I will be there to help you every step of the way. You may find bugs in the components, or you may find edge cases, or so on and so forth, but I think it's important that other people learn how to do this. And, you know, and, and new people who have joined the team definitely have a, a much higher you know, level of familiarity with, with voiceover and, and, and dynamic type, I think, than, than 
than a few years ago, just because it's it's become much more expected skill. But uh, I got to demo yesterday, you know, the the results at at a at a meeting. In fact, twice, um, because we sometimes we have meetings that we have we'll have them twice in one day to be able to hit the different regions. So you do morning for for Europe and then afternoon for for APAC. Um, and it, it, it was really good. I mean, it, this, I, you know, I, I've been talking about this for the longest time, but one of the things that I've said is that it's certainly much easier to, to make it work well if you ask questions from the designer and think about how the design adapts before you actually start doing it, because after you've frozen the layout and, and had to tweak it a million times to make it work under the most difficult conditions, it becomes difficult. And oftentimes you have to be able to decide what's the most important element on the screen. Could you sacrifice something else? Could you remove some component? Could you hide it? Or, you know, it, because you might otherwise have to shrink it so small that it makes no sense. So in this particular case, the the component, the, the, the canvas is the new and hot um, tab, which is a feed of coming soon titles and popular titles. And it, 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 it provides a, a really good source of, of discovery for our members. Um, so it, it's a canvas that, you know, we, we did a big A-B test to be able to, to adapt some things or to, to test some new um, uh, UI. And uh, it, that test won, so it came time to productize it. And, and so whereas it went out with decent support, we wanted to make it beautiful. And, and in fact, we did, and I'm very proud of it. So that was my big success yesterday of getting to talk about it, not only the fact that it, we did it as a company, but that I didn't have to do all the work, that I, I built some components, I consulted on the project, but the real win was that you know somebody on their first project could take that on. So that made me very happy. That's nice. It's always nice when someone knew has a win and you were part of that win. Indeed. Um, and uh, But I can balance it off with losses. But, you know, I hear I hear the dog is, is barking, so maybe you want to talk about your losses. Yeah, I, I wish I could lose the dog. That would be very useful. <laughs> so if anybody out there would like a dog, then, then you know, I'll send you my address. You'll feel free to come and pick him up anytime you like. I'll one up you. I'll offer a, a you know a seventeen, a nearly eighteen year old child that's still asleep right now. <laughs> I would say the dog is slightly less work, but probably only slightly. <laughs> but there we are. <laughs> so what yeah. did we do this week? Okay, so we sent out uh, Moneywell to uh, the first beta testers this week, um, and as happens in all good beta tests, the first person installed it managed to make it crash in about three seconds. So there we are. Awesome. Now, one of the nice things is, because we are not um, distributing the Mac app through TestFlight, um, we identified the crash pretty quickly, had a new build-up together in a couple of hours, and was out to people. So uh, some people um, didn't even experience it at all because uh, the build was back out there and uh, and being done. And now, now, now we have uh, moved that is uh, into that... Um, Part of beta testing known as the 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 long dark hour of no response. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> there's our, there's the episode title yes. right there. Well, you know there are people out there using it, uh, and you can see some analytics coming in, but no one's actually told you uh, much about it yet. I mean, we had an initial um, flurry of a few things from people, obviously, especially during the crash. Um, and so now it's a matter of waiting and seeing, you know, and, and at what point do we decide that no news is good news or that, um, you know, you're watching, we, we're going to watch and let's see how many people are using it, obviously, because if everyone on the beta test is using it and then stops using it, that's a sign that something is wrong, but they're not telling us. So, yeah, so um, this is the first, you know, real beta test any of us have involved in 
you where it's totally about us and down to us and the decision making we have no real expertise in you know the skills to knowing what signs to read in the analytics or not and and at the moment we we've released it to so few people that you know every person can have you know a statistically relevant impact on on things which obviously is no good for trying to read things um yeah so but it's out there it's out there john and people are using it and um so so that's good and this week we we also had a one of the things that Moneyworld does not do yet in it, in its current beta one that's out there is once you've added a budget to syncing, it's allow you to remove it from syncing. That is hopefully coming in the next beta or next couple of betas. Um, and it's not because removing a, uh, a budget from syncing is technically complicated, but deciding what best to do is difficult. It's a difficult business decision more than anything so if i have um if i have a budget on you know three this on three devices and on one of those devices i say um remove from sync you know what does that mean does it mean remove it from sync on this device and keep it syncing on the other two devices um and if that's the case, does that mean now I don't I delete this budget because I don't want it anymore? Or actually no, I want this to be a standalone budget on this device, which means it's now a different budget to the budget that it will remain syncing on the other two devices? Or, you know, is this considered some concept of a master device? If I've removed from the syncing, it should automatically be taken off any other devices that it's on. But then you have to deal with people saying that my budgets have disappeared. And so actually how you you know adding things to syncing initial syncing syncing as you go along uh long absence updates things like that are all although they are probably technically harder uh, in many places to do are actually business-wise fairly simple operations whereas removing something from syncing um is yeah i mean we've had some quite long discussions on it i we're not 100 sure which way to go yet i don't know if you have any thoughts or views on this immediately from what i've just said well, I mean, I, I was listening to it and I was thinking, wait, you allow that to be able to say, okay, I, I you know, the the way to make a new budget, it complete, to, to that, how do I say it? It seems to me that if you're going to sync something, you have to agree on, on, on some protocol saying like whatever changes are made, they get in there. I mean, that, that you can't say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to have a separate budget that's on this device. Um, you know, if you make a modifications, you're out on your phone, you decide it's like, no, I need to up my cocaine budget, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that should become the master budget for the family. No. Uh, or did I miss well, something? yeah, because you may, yeah, it, it's, I think, I think if you remove a budget from syncing that is being synced elsewhere, it, it should disappear off that device and i think equally there should be some concepts of the budget owner and if you can then remove syncing from any other device that that budget is on because you own the budget um i think there is then more subtle arguments based about well i want to take this budget out of sync but i don't want to get rid of the budget i want to continue to use it as a different budget um yeah because i'm going to use it because people don't just necessarily have one 
budget file. Um, some people might start a budget file for every single year um, and have just a new budget file every year. Um, some people may have multiple budget files for different parts of their life because they don't, you know, the two are not necessarily related, or even if they are, they don't want them to be. Um, and they made a slight different thing. So actually, although I'm cautious, with, I guess, you yeah, know, the right answer you say is, yeah, if you remove it from syncing, then you probably just remove the budget. But, you know, people use this stuff in such ways that you don't necessarily expect them to be using it. I mean, we have one one customer that is in touch with us on support very regularly saying, um, oh, I, I'm having trouble with this bank. And you say, you think, but he emailed us last week about a different bank and two weeks ago about another bank and four weeks ago about another bank. Um, it you know, turns out his budget is sinking with hundreds of bank accounts. Now, I cannot imagine why anybody would want hundreds of bank accounts, but this person is. Money laundering. Yes, yeah, so, um, exactly. So, money wealth and money laundering. <laughs> it's the new version. <laughs> um, uh, get your get your crypto squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah. And so, one, one of the things we've learned through doing two or three years of support on MoneyWell is... It doesn't matter how you design this app to work and what you think it should be used for. Uh, because it is a fairly powerful and fairly flexible app, there will be people using it in different ways. Now, so one of the, uh, you know, because this is is adding it features back into something that's been around a long time, we have to take in a little bit of consideration of not stopping people doing what they used to do now you know one of our thoughts here is is that this is we're going to get this stuff working in many well then this will be the last major release on this type of thing in many well and then we we might make the next big version of many well more opinionated force people more down the line of this is a budgeting app not an accounting app um you know this is this is we haven't necessarily decided this yet but i think while we're introducing it now and there are lots of people out there using it in this very flexible way you know, I, we cannot just make too many assumptions, but equally, how much time do you want to spend dealing with scenarios um, that you are only thinking are being used or not being used? Anyway, so it was um, uh, it was quite an interesting conversation this week because, oh, yeah, we need to remove a budget from sinking. What does that mean was a far more complicated question than we thought it was going to be, as are most things in development. Indeed. Gosh, um, can I talk? I, I said I was going to talk about a, about some failure, which I still have plenty to draw from, but I want to talk about something successful again. John, John, let's do success. Let, let's keep this upbeat, and then we'll 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 finish on a plummeting of failure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, because failure can be successful. No, I wanted to to give my heartfelt appreciation for for much beleaguered, much suffering listener, Joseph Heck, because um, he was so kind in having DM'd me uh, on Twitter where uh, uh, to to talk about, you know, expand on some of the, the topic I'd brought up earlier about designing you know, systems and, and using protocols and protocol inheritance. And if you do that, does that mean that you are causing a kind of object-oriented mindset to creep into your design into a new world and are you causing problems with that? Um, and it, in addition to being informative, it was just, it was just, it was lovely. I mean, it really was because, because of the, of the fact that it says, Hey, I've, I've made this, you know, I've, I've 
faced this myself in my own career and my own design thing and and I and and he linked a, uh, something to a GitHub repository uh, for an, I hope I'm not mispronouncing a Lindenmeyer system implementation which I didn't even know what that was I had to, to look it up and I still barely understand it but it's a very complicated mechanism for for mimicking how how natural systems work and, and one of the examples they have is that it's for building kind of natural tree structures that that in the world of 3d modeling it allows you to do things like grow weeds or grow trees that that look realistic because their growth patterns match match you know patterns that exist in nature and it kind of clicked for me while reading through it about how difficult it can be to try and design a system um, and because if if your first thought is like, well, with inheritance you can do anything, and you know, and but then you quickly run into problems. So you have to really very very carefully think about the design of of your system to make it flexible and adaptable, and that's really really hard to do. So thank you, Joseph, for for sending that in. And I hope you know the massive fame that you'll acquire from from appearing in the show notes will you know. Uh, do something for you. <laughs> Hopefully, keep you humble that you'll be like have this rocket ride to fame. Um, but I, I'm happy that I finally got that mentioned in there. There is a chance that Joseph is our only listener, and he's just become famous with himself. I don't think so. I think we have more than one listener. Now we may not have more than one concurrent listener. <laughs> let's, let's put it this way: to model the system to, 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 to capture the depth and breadth of our listening audience could easily be done. <laughs> okay, but. I want to talk about... Uh, we can now apply ahead. swift Sorry. concurrency techniques to our listenership. There we are. Exactly. So, so that's... Yeah, right instead, of, instead of a waiting, it's just a wait listener. Yeah. <laughs> just one listener. We, just, we just sit here for hours on the microphone and wait for a waiting a listener. And when a listener turns up, we just start going. And when we sense they've gone, we just shut up. Yeah, exactly. It's Well, we simple. don't shut up. We very rarely uh, shut up. All right, John, that, that's, that's talked about someone who's uh, brought success and been very nice. You, know, you were going to talk about failure. Let's get back to what we normally talk about, John's failures. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I could talk about my many parenting failures, uh, but no, this, this is, this is somewhat, it's far afield, I suppose, but I'll do it anyway. So my son is on a robotics team. Um, and I think I've mentioned that before, but there is an organization called FRC, which stands for first robotics competition. It's one of these recursive, uh, names. Um, but it's a system for, it, it's an organization that basically creates robotics teams or, or fosters the creation of robotics teams for, uh, in high schools. And But they also have programs for, for elementary school kids to understand principles of, of mechanical engineering and software engineering. And by the time you arrive in high school, you have teams that produce incredibly sophisticated robots with machine learning and, and really amazing feats of mechanical engineering and design. Uh, and and con, you know uh, constraints and time, particularly time and resource constraints, where you have a very limited amount of time to be able to build a robot and, and then compete with it. And they announce a challenge, and and it usually involves kind of you know robots picking up the you know balls or or discs or things like that and having to place them somewhere. Uh, what meanwhile fighting off other robots that are trying to kind of block them from the goal, like in basketball, for example. Um, and so it's it's quite an undertaking. And, you know, because of COVID, they, they you know, they were the, the teams across the country, you know, and, and indeed across the world laid dormant. Um, and uh, this year they, they started up. So the season began in, in January when they had the announcement of what the, the game would be. And I, I have now learned that I will never complain about anything again ever in my life when I, I watch them work because, you know, whereas they used to have an indoor classroom they could work in, you know, they, they 
kind of received no support from the school. And I think, if anything, they have received active discouragement because the school is kind of having its own sets of problems, you know, some of which are still COVID-related and that they said they don't want kids on campus and they're very wary about having them in closed spaces and so on and so forth. And so they lost access to their classrooms. So these kids have to, you know, design and build a robot using the few hours they can find after school when they can have a, an adult there to, to kind of satisfy the school's requirement for adult supervision um, and to be able to design and build a robot. And they have a courtyard in which they can work and they have a kind of a jury rigged system of, of, of cables, which provide some power for their tools and light <laughs> since it gets dark very, very early still since we're in winter. But the software component of it, and the poor fellow has to do that, has to program in Java, has to program on Windows, and has to program on a bench when it's cold and or foggy, and every three minutes there's like a, a yell on the courtyard saying, cutting, which they, they do for safety purposes when they're beginning, you know, the cutting of aluminum stock, which makes a terrific noise and, and, and sends bits of, of aluminum flying everywhere. And these kids are, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, and they managed to build something pretty amazing. So I will, I will leave a video in the show notes. But it is a reminder to be able to say that your your daily failures of to be able to make something work in your cushy office where you have on demand cappuccino and snacks just, you know, reveals what 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 a, a, an engineering wuss you really are. And I say you, but I really mean me. Yeah, definitely, definitely you. And the dog agrees. Uh, uh, you know yeah it's i mean lots of things have changed haven't they and i guess i guess the good news is the competition's back on and just like we're doing stuff and sometimes go to the office but nothing is as it used to be and maybe never will be um which is probably not um uh an interesting uh an interesting thing so it's uh so, so I'm beginning to ask you: um, Are you still enjoying the um, the new laptop? Do you do you? Is it still is it is it sexy and groovy as it was, or is it now just like oh, it's just the norm, and all those all those improvements well, have gone because they now just feel normal? Well, I'd say I enjoy my laptop now that I have to use two of them. So you know, that's that my 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 failure. Is is has turned into a success so long as I stop hitting my head against the wall. So you know, I I, I did a bunch more. You know, endpoint worked uh, this week. You know, to be able to get the right microservices data put together in the right shape of data um, to deliver it for this new canvas I'm working on, and it's essentially it's impossible to develop to, to actually develop on an M1 Mac right now because of parts of the tool chain not having been adapted. I mean, it's like it's. You program in JavaScript, and in general, you, know, you have to kind of run it and see if it works. Um, there's no, there, there's, there's really no compiler. I mean, yes, with TypeScript and whatnot, but in a pure JavaScript environment, you kind of have to run it and see if it works. And, and you're, if you can catch things in a debugger, then you can look at variables, you know, and and, and explore the data, and, and you can see a result. But uh, you also, if there are exceptions that may even kind of hit before you catch something in the in the debugger, it's kind of helpful if you can see that message somewhere in a console. And among the things that simply don't work right now is 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 console logging when you're running on an M1. So you know if if you're making a tiny change to something that exists, you can probably do it. But if if not, if you're actually programming and and building something brand new, you just have to use the Intel laptop. So as a result of that, that's less you know. 
less memory and CPU running on my M1 laptop, so I don't run into the the 16 gig you know ceiling that I unfortunately have. But it also means that I have to have you know a second laptop and. And, you know, uh, but on the other hand, that process, you know, it's running on it and I can I can hit the, the endpoint that's running on that laptop, even if I'm running a device in the simulator, you know, running an app in the simulator on my M1 laptop. So between those two things, yes, they all work. So it's kind of a successful failure or failure to be fully successful and that I'm able to get my work done, but in, in a kind of not fun fashion. But other than that, you know, if, if I'm talking about living in the world of, of, of Xcode and whatnot, yeah, it's night and day difference. I, I am reminded about how slow it is on the Intel because if I try to run Xcode and, and compile uh, on, on my old Intel, it's painful. So <laughs> I think my goal for this year is that sometime in the next couple of weeks, hopefully not much more than a few months, I'll be able to have a complete tool chain for both endpoint and client-side development on one spiffy new M1 laptop. Yeah, it's. Um, I have four laptops on my desk at the moment, <laughs> um, uh, for different reasons. And yeah, uh, I have my M1 laptop, which when I get to use it, um, which is all the time, I'm using it all the time, uh, um, is is very nice. And and the the screen is phenomenal. Uh, I would start by saying this. So I've got the 16-inch version. Um, the screen is fantastic. It sits up on a laptop stand, and I use a keyboard and, and trackpad. However, you know, we have a project, a client project we work on that there's no way we're going to get on M1 at the moment. It's It's got a whole bunch of binary um, dependencies that, you know, are out of date, and they've not necessarily been updated, and it's going to need a whole bunch of revamping. And right now, you know, the client work we're doing is more forward looking as opposed to spending, you know, however many weeks or months even it's going to take to go and deal with those issues. So that needs to be on an Intel laptop. So that's on my Intel laptop. And then we have a couple of clients who in sort of uh, want us to work on their machines. So their laptops are here as well. But I have, I have said because of the niceness of the screen, um, I, you know, and I, I, I say the way I'm doing this differently about every, six weeks, maybe less than that, and so I know it's visible, is um, I now use screens um, to do remote access into the other laptops. So I'm working on the other laptops, but on the um, on the 16-inch uh, laptop screen. Um, it does make it, because I go full screen, I've got a monitor tags into it as well, but because I go full screen um, as well, so... I'm not always sure, you know, it's not always obvious to me which laptop I'm working on, or I forget. It is if I stop and think about, you know, in there. It does mean that sometimes I think, oh, this is so bloody slow. And then suddenly you think, oh, wait a minute. No, I'm, I'm building on a four-year-old laptop here right now, Intel laptop, so it's in there. But, um, yeah, I am, a, I am like you. I am looking forward to the day that um, I can be working fully just on the M1 laptop, but you know, I'm I'm not quite sure how soon that's going to be yet. Um, if I can be just on this, just on the M1 for for stuff that I could do. If a client, if a client says you've got to work on their laptop for security reasons or whatever else, then you're never going to solve that problem. You just do it and get on with it. But I mean, anything that we would normally be doing on our laptops, yeah, I'd hope to be on for the end of this year. But I'm not sure that's going to happen, and um, and we'll see. Uh, Money well, all runs on M1 uh, and whatever else. But, uh, 
you know, again. So it's nice when you get to work on that because it, it feels like you know it's really snappy and builds snappily um, because it's, it's purely on the M1 and that just makes us feel that we're doing a good job or actually we're just doing as bad a job as anyone else. We're just on a faster laptop. <laughs> well, gosh, with, with, with that happy thought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I really, I've got to say, the, the screen, the still, I'm still going to say about, and everybody said on every podcast and every show and every blog post and has been for months, that the, the, the screen for the laptop is fantastic. And then the screen I have next to the laptop, uh, which I'm currently using a 4K Dell 24-inch um, screen, because I think the 4K feels better on 24 than it does on 27 um just resolution wise and, and crispness wise which is it's it's if you just look at it in its own right and you don't put anything around it it is a really good image um particularly for text and for xcode um really i should have absolutely zero complaints but then you just put it next to the the laptop screen and it creates a dissatisfaction because it's nowhere near as good. So you know, I am really hoping sometime this spring we get an Apple. Um, you know, Apple Apple are going to build. I, I feel that yeah, this is just their good sales strength. They're building up all this tension. They're going to release a, a twenty seven inch um, monitor at some ridiculous price. Like you know, they'll say it's three thousand dollars. You know. But that's half the price of the XDR display, um, and we're all going to buy them because we just want things to look good because that's what we've got used to. And they'll all the stock will go through the roof, and all the Apple stockholders will be very happy. Well, hopefully it will be because that beautiful screen is encased inside of an Apple car, and then we'll... <laughs> <laughs> and so I can I can now work at work while driving. Yes, I'm sure. Exactly. Yes, there we are. Ah, uh, well. Talking about working while driving, I can't even think of a segue to get us out of here. Other than we, well, in a car. you can you do your work of driving the listening audience insane. How about that? Yeah, no, that was pathetic. Yeah. Sorry, try. <laughs> yeah, you did try. You did try, but you failed. And I said we would we would finish on plummeting failure, so that does seem like a good place to finish. So, so, <laughs> so John, if people wish to share your failures, where should they do that? Well, I don't think they want to share my failures because my failures are so so grave. I think if they want to commiserate with my failures or to taunt me about my failures, they can do that in the in Twitter, which I've now come to realize is not the paradise that I've always <laughs> been describing it. Some people are mean on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> So you can find me as Jembe, like the West African drum. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, as I said. And uh, as I used to say when I could remember these things. Now, Scotty, if people want to be supportive and nice and kind to you, because I guess the meanness is only ever directed towards me and not to you, but where might they, you know, spread some sunshine? I've never seen a bad thing, inappropriate thing, or nasty thing said on Twitter ever. I mean, I believe it is so well monitored and, and, um, and filtered that that could never happen. Um, so if you wish to send me sweetness and light and um, fluffy rainbows and unicorn-based tweets, then please do so at MacDevNet, where MacDevNets like the MacDevNet. <laughs> That's all I somebody, somebody please send an all-unicorn you know, emoji tweet to, <laughs> to, to, to MacDevNet. I hope that happens. Oh, well, so, so, was, I'd like a, a, a rainbowed unicorn with sparkles, please. There's, there we go. 
Well, John, it's been a it's been a pleasure sharing your your glory and sharing your failure uh, for for another week. And um, I, I, I wish you I wish you many successes and many failures over this coming week, so that we have something to talk about next week. That's all I can say. There we are. And um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And uh, until next time. You take care to make sure that your cappuccino foam is at the appropriate temperature so the bubbles stay, stay tight. Really? <laughs> really? Oh my! Yes. When did you when, when did you ask permission to go off brand? <laughs> That's, that is brand. That's nothing more on brand. It's just like run away. When we talk as a podcast about doing branding, we start heating up the irons. But there we go. <laughs> right. Right. Time to be quiet. Three, two, one.